Hello again, friends, and welcome back to another episode of Real Talks. I'm your host, David Steele, and I'm joined by my co-host, Elisa Iris, who just saw The Northman. There was some developing news about a story which we'll get to a little bit later. Just a friendly reminder, if you like what you're hearing, you can follow us wherever you get your favorite podcasts and on social media. Just search Real Talks. That's R-E-E-L Talks, just like my name. S-T-E-E-L-E. So I can be found on Twitter at WannabeRounder, LinkedIn, and on Instagram at DeaconDudo. So where can they find you on social media? They can find me at Elisa Ivers on Instagram and also on TikTok, although it is not movie-related, but those are the two places you can find me. Excellent. Just a couple of quick announcements. Our revamped Patreon channel is now live. You can find it by typing Real Talks into the search bar. Let me tell you a little about it. We're offering four different affordable levels to support us at. $3, $8, $15, and our largest is only $20 a month. If you do choose to support us, you'll have the opportunity to get some great perks, such as earning your name shouted out before every podcast, cool merch, and if you're one of our major contributors, you'll get a one-hour monthly Zoom meeting with both of us, not to mention one unpublished podcast per month. For more details, just go to the website. I'll leave the link in the description. Which leads me to my next big announcement. Flashback Fridays have now begun, and we're a few weeks in. This is where Ann Cargard and myself will be discussing films for the past. The last film we talked about was Iron Man 3, and then we're going to be doing every single MCU movie in chronological order. Stay tuned for this week's episode where, we'll, where we will be talking about Thor, The Dark World. I can't reiterate enough. Hit that follow button so you never miss an episode. So today is our main topic podcast, and we're going to be talking all about Pixar films in anticipation for the new film, Lightyear, which hits theaters on Friday. But before we do that, we do have to pay the bills. We'll be right back. Leadership, the final frontier. These are the voyages of the Starfleet Leadership Academy. It's ongoing mission to develop leaders through Star Trek, to boldly go where no podcast has gone before. A Star Trek podcast told through the lens of leadership development. Subscribe today. The Starfleet Leadership Academy. All right, welcome back. Okay, before we start, I have to say something. Go for it. Okay, so we were talking, for those of you who have heard our last podcast, we were talking a little bit about how the Joker got a second movie. It got a green light for it, which is amazing because yes. I loved it, Walking Phoenix. Now, something that I just learned today is that there's early talks for Lady Gaga to be on it and that it might be a musical, which I am not excited about, nor do I like. So. Yeah, okay. So you saw the same thing I did. So the report that she's talking about was in all of the trades, Variety, Deadline, THR, Joe Blow, everything. And when I saw this come across the wire, I was a little, I had mixed feelings. First of all, and this is one of those movies where you say, does it really deserve a sequel? And the second thing is, okay, fine, it made a billion dollars. And not that that's the end all be all, because you don't have to make a billion dollars to be in Hollywood to, to be successful. Because there are movies out there that have made a lot less and they're extremely successful. But for what she's talking about, this could be one of those movies that's on the fence. That being said, Lady Gaga is one of the up-and-coming actresses of the last, I would say, five years. Yeah, but, I mean, like, she did amazing at, of course, A Star is Born. But she also sang, and singing is her strong suit. She did a great job acting, but, like, but she did House of Gucci, and she bombed. So okay, I, so I thought, yeah, I think that might, that might have been the story or whatever. And the thing is, you write about A Star is Born. She did sing. And so that being said, I think that was right up her alley. As far as the Joker being a musical? No way. No I way. don't understand that at all, and I am very scared because I loved the first one, and I was so excited. And I just don't listen. Todd Phillips knows what he's doing. This movie got 11 Academy Award nominations. Okay. I just don't understand. I guess here's the thing. 
I don't understand why, number one, you need to bring her into it as Harley Quinn. Yeah, no. Why not get Margot Robbie? No, I don't know. I don't think Margot Robbie either. Absolutely not. Because it's not the same world. This is this is an alternate universe, in my opinion. And so I just don't think they should bring in Harley Quinn at all. Like, I think that the minute you start introducing more characters from the DC thing, it like loses kind of its magic charm where it's just the Joker and it's just him and his origin story, no Batman. And it's just like how he did things. But I could be wrong. I mean, like it might turn out. Let's see what the story. I, I would say this. Yeah. If we it, it, now, mind you, th- these are early talks and everything else. But yes, the script might be finished. But let's. Th- how many times have scripts gone through rewrites and everything else? Oh, for sure. I'm just hoping they early talks her out of it because I don't think that Lady Gaga should be in it at all. <laughs> yeah, and let's see the first what the tr- first trailer looks like. Yeah, I mean, time will tell. That's that's going to give you a little bit of an indication of what the whole vibe of the f- film is because we've had a first one and so that being said once those two things happen and let's see who else gets attached to it as well so i mean let's while this is in the very the beginning stages of it let's just see because things can change real fast yep so, no i totally agree all right anyways just had to definitely talk about that because it, it sounds horrific so let's Moving on to something that's a little lighter, Pixar. They have, they've been around for, I don't know, 25 or 30 years, but it seems like the last couple of films that they've done have done really well. So let me ask you, you must, do you like Pixar films? Oh yeah, I grew up, I mean, I feel like I grew up watching Pixar. Some of the best animated films of all time. I mean, it just, the bar is so high for them that when there were movies that I didn't like that they did, which were very, very few, I was always very like, really? Like, that's weird. You always hit it out of the park. So it started back in 1979. And yeah, so Pixar started all the way back in 1979 as part of the Lucasfilm division, known as the graphics group. So a lot of people, this is right after ILM came into existence with industrial light and magic and so it spun off into its own corporation in 1986 which of course steve jobs right around then was the mac so apple was huge at the time and he became its majority shareholder then 20 years later disney buys it for over seven billion dollars but nonetheless so today all these films that we see they're disney films but it's just a company off to the side for disney so take a guess at how many movies they've actually produced over the years. Ooh, this is not my strong suit. I'm going to go with 30. You're close. You're close. 25. Okay. So there were 25 films. But they came out of the gate really, really strong with Toy Story. That was their first movie in December of 1995. I remember seeing it in theaters. That's how old I am, folks. <laughs> so... Yeah, so it's one of those things where it was huge. And, yeah, and that was a, a really good way to come out of the gate. And that made a lot of money for them. And so their most recent one was actually Turning Red that just went straight to Disney+. Plus, Which, you know, it was, for what it was, it was good. I didn't see it. I actually didn't know it was like, a, like an honest-to-goodness Pixar movie. I thought it was kind of one of those, like, offshoot movies that come out yeah so as of a couple years ago july actually three years ago as of three years ago its feature films have earned 14 billion dollars at the worldwide box office yeah that checks out which which is an average of 680 million dollars per film which is an incredible incredible amount toy story 3 finding dory which everybody loves including me the Incredibles and a couple years ago, Toy Story 4, were among the 50 highest grossing films of all time. Interesting. Oh, no, I could see how Finding Dory would be. Actually, you know what? I could see how Toy Story 4 would be as well. I personally was didn't think that Toy Story 4 needed to be made. And yet it still, you know, made a bunch of money. But I just, yeah, no, I, I don't know. 
I just not sure why they did that. And but at the same time, clearly, like you know, maybe they just needed a, a fat check. I don't know, because <laughs> of course it's going to bring it in. Well, take a look at what they had done before. Okay, I mean, sometimes you're only as good as your last your last movie, right? If you take a look at the ones they had had prior to that, they had The Incredibles two, which Brad Bird, you know, was the director and everything else, and. You had Coco, which was really good. I loved Coco. I loved it. I was surprised. And Cars 3. And Cars 3 was... Ooh, can't stand Cars. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) So, but they needed something to come out and really do something for them. So after Toy Story 4, they made Onward, which was pretty good for them. It was solid. I don't think it'll make any major lists ever. Yeah. Soul. Also pretty good, yeah. Yeah, and then you had Luca last year, and that was, you know. Didn't see it. But I don't think that that got the just deserved because of the whole pandemic. So that was one of those movies that was there and just said, eh, okay. So, but this is, so we're getting our first standalone film, and that's Lightyear. So Tim Allen, of course, played the, voice of Buzz Lightyear back in 1995. Well, for all of them. You're right, for all of them. So the only the only difference is going to be Chris Evans, Captain America, is going to be playing Buzz Lightyear this time. I feel like, and somebody was saying that they were kind of like upset that it wasn't Tim Allen, and I have to say that since it is what the toy was based on, I think you're allowed to have a different voice for this Buzz Lightyear, as it was tech, like supposedly supposed to be. Well, I don't know, actually. Yeah, no, was it like the, it was based on a show? Is that what the toy was? Yeah, and this is the show or whatever. Yeah, okay. So I think it's okay that it's Chris Evans. Yeah, I mean, he's the biggest name out there right now. So, I mean, one of the biggest names out there. So, yeah, I mean, this is going to be an interesting, interesting story. As long as the story's good. So what did you think of the trailer, David? Because... I liked it. I thought it was... So a trailer is really... All the first trailer is supposed to... Is to get you interested. Right. No, I thought the teaser was good. The trailer, I thought, did not inspire confidence that this movie is going to be as good as it should be. Well, no, yeah. I mean, I think that it's going to be interesting to see how well it does. I think it'll do really well because it's Buzz Lightyear. And I mean, okay, so the first Toy Story came out in 95. My brother was born in 95. And he basically grew up with Andy, right? Like, he cried in the third one and everything. Any, I think any, this is going to span a wider range than any of the, like, past three or four Pixar movies, right? Because my brother's going to go see it, and he's, like, 26, And, like, then there's also going to be, like, the little boys that want to go see it and girls that are, like, yes, you know, cartoons that would go and see it anyway. But this one's going to also – I'm going to probably go see it, you know, and I'm 34. So I feel like it's going to make a big box office hit, whether it's good or not. It might actually suck, but they'll still get the check. Yeah, I think this is going to be – I think it's going to do quite well considering how – reviews for Jurassic World. I mean, it made $145 million. But the thing is that Jurassic World wasn't critically received. And so, you know, I said the other day, it only got like a 36% on Rotten Tomatoes. Not that that's the end all be all. But, you know, let's just put it this way. It didn't get all the good reviews that it was hoping. No. But on the flip side of that coin, it had almost a 75% audience rating. So... Let's see what it said on IMDb, which is the only thing I trust or like. Let's see, Jurassic World. Although it went way over what we predicted, right? It did. I'm horrible with predictions. I'm horrible with predictions. Okay, so it got a six, which is pretty bad, but not as bad as it could have been, I guess. I don't know. How many reviews does it have as far as like, I'm just curious. Yeah, no, no, no. Uh, let's see. 33,561. So, yeah. So, yeah, it's just one of those things where it's going to probably do. Should you make any predictions or? No, just kidding. Go ahead. Go ahead. Try. 
probably I would guess 70, 80 million. I mean, you, nothing. You think Buzz Lightyear is going to do less than World Dominion, really? Pixar? No, I don't think so, man. Uh, once again, I, I got smashed with the other ones, so <laughs> that's that's going to be an interesting. I'll, I'll tell you what, though, it'll be interesting to see what it does on Thursday. Yeah, that's going to be the key thing. If this comes out and has a good Thursday night preview, which I never understood why theaters do this, but if this comes out and does a good Thursday night box office, I think it's going to do well over the weekend. I agree because everyone's going to hear about it and they're all going to be like, oh, I have to see it. Like anyone who's on the fence will, if it is received well, like I know I will. I don't know if I'll go see it this weekend. And if I hear it's not good, I might never see it, quite frankly. But if I hear it's good after the Thursday reviews, then I, I might go out of my way. So we'll see. So there was a story that came out, and I don't know if you saw this and stop me if you have. So overseas, there has been a big to-do about what countries will and will not show because of certain materials, shall we say. Eternals didn't... China didn't show Eternals because of the one of the characters was gay. You had another country that didn't do the same. Marvel couldn't get a Shang-Chi or Shang-Chi, however you pronounce that, into China because there was some comments made by one of the stars. So now that Marvel can't get any movie into China. And of course, that went on to make buku bucks because here domestically and other places around the world supported it. So I was reading this story the other day and I want to get your thoughts on it. So the UAE or the United Arab Emirates is going to ban Lightyear because of the same-sex kiss. Oh, interesting. The United Arab Emirates on Monday banned the upcoming Pixar movie feature Lightyear from showing movie theaters because of its inclusion of a kiss between two lesbian characters. Malaysia also will ban the film. The WAE ban raises the possibility that other Muslim majority nations could follow suit on what is expected of one of Disney's biggest animated films of the year as the film industry comes out of the depths of the corona pandemic. The Emirates, home to Abu Dhabi, Dubai, announced through its media regulation office of the country's Ministry of Youth and Culture that Lightyear will not be opening in the country on Thursday. The film, quote, is not licensed for public screening in cinemas in the UAE due to the violations of the country media's content standard, end quote, the office said in a tweet. The office confirms that all screenings in cinemas are subject to follow-up and evaluation before the screening date and to ensure the safety of the circulated content to the age-appropriate classification. Now, they have a different rating system as well than we do here in the States. So it just, it sounds like this is pretty common in certain countries that if there's anything that's same-sex related, that they're going to ban it. So, I mean... Well, uh, clearly there's going to be same-sex things happening in it, and it sounds like they're not having it. And honestly, they're missing out on money <laughs> by not showing it. So I think, it, I mean, it's sort of this thing where it's like, yeah, it's, you know, BS, but at the same time, they're missing out, and it's dumb, but, you know, what are we going to do about it? There's nothing that we can do to, like, make it so that countries play our movies, even if we don't like what they see. It raises the question, and I agree with you wholeheartedly. Number one, they're going to be missing out, okay? And number two, look, these movies are going to make so much money that one or two countries not showing it is not going to be the end of the world. You don't get a movie in China, for example, which is the biggest box office market in the world. That's a little different. But, of course, what we did here in the States with Shang-Chi, I mean, we supported it, and it, you know... It made a lot of money. But let me ask you a question. Do you think Disney would ever turn around? Because this is, let's face it, this is an original film. This is a standalone film. Do you think they would, Disney would ever bend a knee to other countries or edit things to make it age-appropriate for that country to show it? No, I don't. And I think the we've seen that already in the way that Disney handles things. I think that it's just sort of, they have kind of a zero tolerance for any kind of 
I don't know, for any kind of, you know, like, oh, we're not going to show this anywhere unless you cut these things out or we're not going to do this or that. It's I just don't see Disney doing anything. In fact, I see them taking maybe like a strong stance against it and being like, well, that's too bad. Like, this is what we made. Do you think that they would eventually say, you know what, we will make whatever we want. And if you don't want to show it, that's your loss. Well, yeah. Oh, 100%. I think they already do that, though. I mean, they were one of the first parks never to have, you know, like, queer pride days. And, like, big, they very much are support of the LGBTQ+. Like, they've always been very clear about that. So I just don't see them really giving an F if there's other countries that don't want to watch their movie. It's going to do numbers no matter what. So I don't think they're ever going to edit themselves or censor. And I... I honestly kind of respect them for that. I think that that's, you know, they're not like, I think it would be very like kind of a money grubby thing in order to be like, oh, well, we really want this to be in this country. So we're going to go ahead and like, you know, do whatever you want us to do. I just don't see them doing that. But what do you think? Yeah, I mean, I think that it's one of those things where you're right. These countries are eventually what's going to end up happening is because these movies aren't shown, and these, let's face it, there are people that are going to want to see it, whether it's Obi-Wan Kenobi, which, I mean, it's it's a whole different, even though it's not on Disney, because, there, look, there are some countries that don't have Disney Plus. Right. That, that want Disney Plus, and, or they want to watch Obi-Wan Kenobi, or they want to watch Lightyear. Or they, so what's going to end up happening is these movies, they're going to get pirated. Oh, for sure. And so piracy. They're already is, probably being pirated. So. No, you're right. I mean, all you got to do is look at the leaks that come out of, you know, anything. So I think that eventually these countries are going to do one of two things. Either one, they're going to buckle down even more so these people can't get the material that they want. Or two, these countries or these citizens are going to say, okay, fine, we'll go get them somewhere else. And I think that... The more you hold back, and this is where else this is what I'll say. The more you hold back content, the more the citizens want the content. Oh, for sure. You know, it's it's the whole like you know, suddenly you want something because you can't have it. Like it's almost it almost makes it worse, quite frankly. So I think that this is a shame because I you know there are people that that want to see this and they're not going to be able to because of restrictions and rules and guidelines and whatever because their government says no even though they have a different value set but at the end of the day i don't think it's going to really it's not going to hurt their box office bottom line at the end of the day this this is still going to make money and so you know it's just a shame it really is because it's one of those things where movies are supposed to be enjoyed by everybody regardless of of creed sex religion or whatever and well, and inclusivity and, like, representation is so important. Representation especially is so important. I mean, we talked about that. You know, like, the more mental health issues are being highlighted, the, the less there's a stigma about it, the more that they include not, you know, like, neurodivergence and anything that can, like, bring things up that'll, like, make people feel like they're being represented in movies. Movies are an experience that, you know, sometimes change lives and, like, literally, you know, they mold entire generations yeah and generations yeah so it's like inclusivity is really important and so i agree with you though there are countries that just don't want any kind of inclusivity so they're lost yeah no it 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 is uh it is a shame so i mean it's but this is going to be this is going to do what it's going to do i don't know like how so i guess the question then becomes since they will not show this in certain countries do you think the citizens then could turn around and say something say listen we want this to actually appease their citizens no i don't know and honestly like i feel like that's like another hour-long conversation about like any kind of government system so i don't know i have zero idea if they have any kind of pull in that sort of situation and i personally don't know and i don't know if a pixar movie is going to be the very most pressing matter for them so i kind of you know i mean it has and the thing though is it has to start somewhere it has to start small because this has already happened a couple of times before and with disney 
Let, let's be honest. They, they didn't want to show Eternals, okay? They don't want to show this. And it's like we have to, what this country, what the United States considers to be, without getting too political, what the United States considers to be inclusive, other countries don't. And until they change their tune, and it doesn't have to be overnight, and it doesn't have to be big, huge steps, but until they change their tune about letting smaller things come in, then, I mean, look, it's not like, here's the thing. It's not like this is a five-minute, I'm overdoing it here a little when I say this, but it's not like it's a five-hour, five-minute makeout session. If it's a 15-second kiss or a 10-second kiss, you have to understand that this deeply, like, it has to do with, like, their religious and, like, governmental stuff. I just don't think that we can solve this in, like, one conversation. No, 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 you, no, you can't. Yeah, no, but I mean, like, I just, yeah, no, I just don't know, and I don't know the right answer, but I genuinely don't think that Buzz Lightyear is going to change anything. But it is, an, it is a, it's a good topic to have on hand for sure, but yeah. But I agree with you on one point. I'm so glad Disney is not. They're just making the movies they want to make with the stories they want to do. Because the minute you start to give in to, I won't say other people's values, but other governments and what they will and won't show, then you start compromising your own values. For sure. And you're saying, well, we have to make this because, and that's not it. So, I mean, I, you know, so besides Toy Story... Is there anything, I know that kind of got sidetracked there, but is there anything else that, like, is there anything, any other, besides Toy Story, was there anything that you just absolutely loved? You mean Pixar movies? Yeah. Oh, for sure. Yeah, no. In fact, I've been thinking about this. In fact, I even tried to narrow down my top three Pixar movies, which is extremely hard because obviously there have been so many amazing ones throughout my life that have been integral parts of my childhood and comeuppance. So I would say, though, that my top three as of now are The Incredibles. I just thought that that was overall just one of the most, uh, like, the most amazing stories, most amazing, you know, executions. Overall, I just can watch that one over and over and over again, and it's incredible. So I keep saying that. I don't even mean to do it. You know? No, but no, I know what you mean. It's amazing. I loved it. It was great. I even loved the sequel. Not as much as the first one, but honestly, I thought it stood up to the original as best as it could have. And so, yeah, The Incredibles, I would say Ratatouille might be on there and I just think that it's honestly one of those feel-good Pixar movies it's like delightful and the music's delightful it's so colorful it just the story is amazing you know like and just I also you know I just think that that is another one you can sort of just watch over and over again without being sick of it and so we're gonna go with that one and then I'd say my third this is so hard because I just feel like there are so many really, really good ones. And I would say my third one always like oscillates between like the same three. But I actually might have to go out on a limb and say Coco because I was not prepared for how good it was. I, in fact, was like expecting it kind of to be like an onward situation where it was like, yeah, that was pretty good. I'll watch it once. I've seen it so many times and I cry every time at the end and I'm like... I don't know how it happens every time. And the music's amazing. And one of the things that I loved is in the trailer, they show the guitar playing and the fingers. And my friend who's an actual musician said they actually had the fingers on the actual right chords for what he was playing. Like it was that, like, and that really delighted him as a musician to be like, oh, they're not messing around. They're like doing It was authentic. Yeah, this was authentic. And I loved that. And also, of course, the colors. I mean, Pixar does amazing everything so anyways i think those are my three if you had to narrow your three what do you think uh so back to your point about coco that ended up winning two academy awards yeah no i was not expecting it to be that good so this just so we're all you know we were talking about our favorites and whatnot so this just tells you the gravitas of what what pixar has been able to do yeah so over the years their lowest budget their very lowest budget was their first film, a Toy Story in 1995. That ended up making worldwide 
$373 million. That was only a $30 million, and I say only, only a $30 million budget, okay? Finding Dory in Cars 2 was their two highest in Monsters, Inc., or Monsters University, rather, was their three highest budgeted films at $200 million. Two of those movies, or at least one, Finding Dory, for sure, Finding Dora made over a billion dollars. Toy Story 3 made over a billion dollars. They've had, they've had $4 billion films. Billion dollar films for animated. This just tells you how good. Toy Story 3, you had Finding Dory, you had The Incredibles 2, and believe it or not, Toy Story 4 made over a billion dollars. Well, I mean, I'm not surprised either. You know, like we had such a solid, I mean, Toy Story 2, in my opinion, is the best one. I love Toy Story 2. Toy Story 3, I remember I was in the I was in London when I saw it. And I, you know, cried at the same time everyone else did when they're all holding hands and they're going into the furnace. I was like, they might actually do this. They might actually kill these characters. I don't know why I thought that. But I just like I and so of course we're gonna go watch Toy Story 4. It was our childhood. Like we gotta go see it, you know? And the same with Buzz Lightyear. Buzz Lightyear is our childhood. We have to go see it. So this, and yeah, so the critical ratings of this, th- this just tells you something. So I'm, I'm looking on something, but Rotten Tomatoes, now I know you had IMDb, but Metacritic as well. Rotten Tomatoes, their lowest, the very lowest score that they had was 40% for 219 reviews for, for Cars 2. Every, for the majority of them, almost every single one of them I mean, there, there was a couple hit and misses, but all they're all in that 85 to 97, 98. Some of them even got 100% ratings. Yeah. No, I, I'm not surprised at all. Also, just once more, I think that Cars was just the worst of any Pixar. But at the same time, Cars 2 was one of the highest grossing. So, you know, you can't argue that. Also, not to mention that I think that it was just geared so much younger than usual. I knew like a bajillion toddlers that were obsessed with cars. And I was just like, I don't understand. Not to mention the second movie for some reason went on a weird espionage adventure. Not, I like, not sure why they did that. But I, I mean, overall for storytelling alone, I mean, there's the whole Pixar formula that I'm sure you've heard of, you know, and it can be used for any kind of storytelling. You could literally use it to outline a book or anything. And it's honestly just brilliant and I actually read the book about Pixar and like that the whole history of how that happened and who and where and why or whatever you know who I what I which movie though I know I don't really ever hear about but because I think it was controversial is the good dinosaur did you see it no I haven't yeah and I I haven't seen it either and I kept hearing weird things so I just didn't watch it and then also I heard it was really sad and I was like I don't want to cry so I just didn't watch it but Cinema Score, there. I mean, they've rated every single one of these movies, and this is but for Cinema Score is the public. So you and I, the moviegoer, there's nothing. The lowest they have is an A minus. They have at least seven or eight A pluses. I mean, so they absolutely love love Pixar movies. Not to mention, and I didn't even talk about. Let's say this for a minute that this studio has earned. 23 Academy Awards, 10 Golden Globes, and 11 Grammys. Yep, that checks out. It's been nominated for Best Picture, and the winners, I mean, it's won Best Animation, Best Animated Film, which was first began in 2001, and, but it's 11 of these movies, Fighting Nemo, The Incredibles, what you were talking about with Ratatouille, Wally, Up!, Everybody, from what I understand, I've not seen it. Everybody cries it up because of the old man. Toy Story 3, but just on and on and on and on. It's, yeah, no, the well is just infinite, I feel like, for Pixar. And it's incredible to find out, like in the book that I read, which for some reason I can't recall the name of, but it, it's incredible to find out that they wrote like a, a completely different story for one of the movies that like we all know and love right now. And then to be like, we had to completely retool it, and that's how we got this movie. And you're like, oh, like, that's not even the movie we were going to get. They had to completely redo it because they were just like, this isn't working. And so they will go back to square one because they care so much 
about what they're going to do and what they're going to put out there. And I feel like they really care about the message they're sending in every movie. I feel like they just, they care so much and it's not just, it's never a money grab. I mean, like sometimes I think it might be, but like, I think they care. They care what it is, you know, like they want people and children and adults to enjoy it at the same time. And they're so good at that. Yeah. I mean, and the thing is, these are all original stories, right? Yes. I mean, it's not like they just adapted a screenplay. You know, they had the story, just said, threw, threw it on a piece of paper and said, okay, go make a movie. These are all original stories. Mm-hmm. And they get incredible voices. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I think that's, you're right. And I think that's another big thing is who you're getting. I mean, you're getting all of these big stars. And I think when, you know, coming out of the gate, you had Tim Allen, you had Tom Hanks, who is at his magical powers. You know, he'd just come off doing Forrest Gump in 94. Oh, man, you're right. You know, he had just won an Academy Award the year before that for Philadelphia. I mean, you get a two-time Academy Award winner to voice a, a animated toy for you? Oh, forget about it. You, you're good. Lights well, out. Also, like, they got the parent, you know, like, George Costanza's parents from Seinfeld to be Mr. and Mrs. Potato Head. They got the one guy from Cheers that I, that is. I was just going to say, I can't think of his name. They got the guy from Cheers. <laughs> and somehow he's in every single Pixar movie. And also, I believe he passed away, which is so sad. Oh, that's so sad. But also, like, I always waited to figure out who he was, like, whose voice he was going to be. But yeah, he was ham. Yeah, it's just like everything was. Yeah, like they came out swinging and they just kind of haven't stopped. Although I have to say that I feel like their last strongest movie, and I mean, I this is just my opinion, was Coco. I think that was the last strongest one they did. They completely retooled Soul, I heard. And so I don't know if it was as strong as it could have been. It was very, very, very like good ideas. And I liked it and enjoyed it. But yeah. I think that, I mean, let's be honest. I think the pandemic had something to do with it. I mean, I, I think that because they were, I mean, not to say that the quality of the work went down, but they definitely had to retool, is the word you use, the stories. Because they didn't know, what, because it wasn't about money for them. It was about the stories and making it as the best picture that they could. And so, you know, I think that that had a lot to do with it. Now... They're going to come back, you know, if that is the, yeah, I mean, so it's it's going to be interesting to see. I mean, Turning Red, no, like I said, I didn't see Turning Red. That had a $175 million budget and was only released on Disney+. Plus. It did not hit theaters at all. Which is kind of bizarre to me because usually it's like. But it got a huge rating. It was 94%. Well, and there was controversy, which always leads to more people watching it. Yeah. I mean, it was a coming-of-age story. Yeah. And so, you know, but I feel like, so they had to do, you know, you're only as good as your last movie, right? 100%. So I think if this comes, if Lightyear comes out, when Lightyear comes out, and it just blows everybody away, they're going to all forget totally about turning red. It's going to be off, you know. So let me ask you, now obviously you don't know because you haven't seen it, but with the track record that they have, do you think this could get nominated for any Oscars? You know, I am a firm, here's the deal. Pixar has always done a really good job with trailers, in my opinion. Teasers are my favorite because they don't give away a whole lot of the story and they did a great teaser for Buzz Lightyear, like, or Lightyear. I was like so excited when I saw it, I was like, ooh, and everyone was like, oh, Buzz has hair, you know, and all that stuff. The trailer didn't inspire much confidence in me. But, you know, also, who's to say? I've seen some really terrible trailers where the movie was amazing. But I'm just not used to Pixar kind of, I don't, it looked a little too, like, young-geared for what I thought I thought it was going to be. Considering Buzz Lightyear's, like, demographic is so wide, because, like I said, literally, I grew up with Buzz Lightyear, so I am curious, and I want to see it. So if he, they make it, like, too young, I'm not going to enjoy it. I'm not going to want to watch it. And so then they'd be shooting themselves in the foot. But I don't know. What do you think? Yeah, I mean, I think that it's going to, 
it's a PG movie. It's rated PG. So what, to your point, they are trying to get kids in the door. They are trying to... It's a are PG, right? I don't think any of them are PG. Right. No, you're right. But, and this is only an hour and 40 minutes. So, you know, I think they're absolutely trying to... They want to make it just long enough. So 90 minutes is your bare minimum for a feature film. Act one is 30. Act two is 30. Act three is 30. They're, you know, you take out the credits. This is about a 90-minute film. But that being said, that it doesn't need to be any longer than that. No, not at all. But I mean, I want to know if you think it's going to win awards. Just Do I think it's... It depends on... I mean, yeah, it depends on things. But like, let's just guess. Yes. I, I, I would say yes. Okay, I, I would love say that. yes. All right. I would say yes. I think that I think this gets while movies right now are going to get lost because we're only in July. I think that you know award season doesn't really start till October, so it's going to be interesting to see what kind of. If I had to put a dollar on it today, I would say this probably gets best animated animated film or nominated for best animated film. When did Encanto come out? Just real quick. Did Encanto come out before or after the last Oscars? Because that was a wildly popular movie. Encanto came out. That was... Oh, that that was last year. Okay, so it, it was probably in the Oscars already then. Okay, so you're thinking best animated feature. Now DreamWorks always packs a punch every now and then. So it'll be interesting to see what they have this year. Yeah, I mean, yeah. And you got to understand something too. There hasn't been a lot of animation... There haven't been a lot of animated films this year. No. I mean, we have October, which is, you know, uh, the Spideyverse into the Spider-Verse. Oh, that's going to win. That'll win. Dude, I'm going to say that. So that will. So my guess is that's definitely going to be in the conversation. Oh, 100%. So, you know, because that the first one came out in 2018. So this one is going to, you know, really, I believe, I want to say it's October or November that it's going to hit theaters. And then they have a part two to that that comes out next year. So part two to, wait, a part two to what? Yeah. So they're going to have, so that what they're going to do is they're going to break down into the Spider-Verse, which I still, everybody I've talked to, all of the articles I've read, are saying that Into the Spider-Verse, the very first one, was the best one. But what they're going to do is they're going to break down... So this is only going to be part one. Of the second film. What you, you keep... Of the second film. Yeah, you got to say it's the second film because it makes it sound like they're re-releasing the first one. No, so they're making it the second one, but it's going to be a part one of two, is what you're saying. Mm-hmm. Yes. And so... That's definitely going to be... From, so, once again, they're going back to the multiverse. Mm-hmm. And... And I think that'll... I think that could outdo Buzz Lightyear, honestly. Maybe even easily, quite frankly. Because the style of it is really, really cool. And the first one was so popular that I think that it's going to smash, honestly. But anyways, that's that's neither here or there with Pixar. But I do think that it'll challenge Buzz Lightyear for sure. Yeah. So it's one of those things where that actually won an Oscar too. So I wouldn't be shocked if that that does turn around and win an Oscar for uh, best animated picture. But yeah, I mean, there are. So do you, let me ask you this question: Do you know what the very first animated movie, when the last I would say twenty twenty five years to win not win I shouldn't say win to be nominated for best picture was? Wait, you're asking, real quick, you're asking me what was the very last one or the first one? Well, do you remember Beauty and the Beast? I was going to say, Beauty and the Beast was like the first animated film to ever. Yeah, that was actually the first animated movie to ever to be nominated for Best Picture. Yeah, I know, I know. Oh, I thought you were asking me, but I think that was more than 25 years ago. Yeah. But anyways, there was also... So that... Wasn't there a Pixar movie that was nominated for Best Picture? No? Okay. Interesting. Oh. So, I mean, it, it just shows you how long it has to be real. I mean, now, it didn't win that year, but it just shows you how long it is, the cycles that they go through to actually nominate. 
It has to be so. And even with 10 Best Picture nominations, I wouldn't be shocked to see one of these things slide in there. You know, just way too, as we've said before, it's just way too many. But I just don't think Buzz Lightyear is going to win anything. I don't. I just don't. And maybe that's just me being pessimistic. Well, we'll see how it is this Friday, won't we? I hope it blows me away. I would love to be like, I was wrong. This is so good. I would love that. So moving forward, though, I mean, this is going to be a huge... So we have a huge rest of the month of June. So we've got Lightyear coming out this week. Next week, I think a film that's going to do really well, even with all these other movies in there, and that's Elvis. Okay, so did you... Okay, like, you know how at Cannes, like, everybody gets standing ovations for, like, 10 minutes for some reason? Apparently, this one was no exception. You know what I didn't realize, though, is that it's the same director that did... You know, like, I can never remember how to say his name, but he did Moulin Rouge, he did Romeo and Juliet with Leonardo DiCaprio, as well as Gatsby. I did not realize he was directing, and I am now even more intrigued. But I've also heard whispers that it's not good, which I'm really upset about because I was so excited. So we'll see. I mean, it's it's Tom Hanks. I think that, I think it has such potential, but also, of course, like anything else, it has potential to absolutely crash. But... At the same time, this director, which like I feel like I need to look up his name because it's very important, and I've been waiting for his... He hasn't done anything that I can remember since Gatsby. Let's see really quick. Okay. Baz Luhrmann. I totally butchered his name. Yeah. Baz, Baz Luhrmann. Baz, yeah. And he actually wrote the screenplay, too. Well, of course. And yeah, I don't think he's done anything since Gatsby, since 2013. This guy doesn't crank out movies... He does very specific projects, and he just puts, like, the whole chaos into it. Like, if you've seen any of his movies, like I said, like Moulin Rouge or Romeo and Juliet with Leonardo DiCaprio, like, it's so colorful. It's so crazy. It's almost manic in a way. Like, it goes quick, so I'm excited. Yeah, so he wrote, you're right, he ended up writing Moulin Rouge over 20 years ago. He wrote Australia. With that had Nicole Kidman and Nicole Kidman and Hugh Jackman that didn't really do too hot. It was it was not that great. That was okay. Amazing. The Great Gatsby, of course, that's the one Leonardo DiCaprio is one of the ones he is more famous for, and so he's not. It doesn't look like his work is. And this is no. This is three or four more movies that I've wrote, but it doesn't seem like his movies. While they hit the page, they don't pop on screen. Okay, Moulin Rouge was nominated for Best Picture. So, well. No, like, he can, oh, they pop. Like, literally, I, in my opinion, he's one of the best artists when it comes to directors. Like, it's art. The whole thing is just eye candy from start to finish. Like, you just, I, even if it's perhaps like Australia, not my favorite, eye candy. It was just, like, mind-blowing. It's like you're on a trip or something. So I'm excited either way. I hope that it goes well because, first of all, Tom Hanks, like, we always want him to, we always want to see him do well, especially since Chet Hanks isn't doing that well. You know, we want to go ahead and hope that Tom is doing good. (laughs) Yeah. So we have biopics coming up. And I know this is going to be, this is going to be an interesting one because there have been movies made about a lot of people over the years. Uh, Yeah. So what, who else? Elvis and who else? Uh, Well, so, about biopics? No, just, oh, you're saying that we're going to do an episode. Oh, okay, so what we have, we have biopics coming up because of Elvis, and then at the end of the beginning of July, we have a movie that I know you're looking forward to because of that director, is Thor Love and Thunder. Yes. Tiger Rattiti is, I still have to sit down and watch Jojo Rabbit. I've heard nothing but rave things. That, that's our homework. We need to do that. Also, Taika Waititi, who I love. Yeah. So, and then the middle of the month, we have we have a couple other things. As a matter of fact, I just did an interview today with somebody that's gonna. So tease it like this: He's a professor. He's written a lot of screenplays, and so I'll I will put out a tease of that probably this week, and that will be a bonus episode coming up. Yeah, and then the rest of the summer, we have a ton of other stuff. I'm in the process right now. If I can find the time, as I've said before, I want to sit down and try and do Mob Mondays. 
you know, sit down and talk about. I mean, one of the very first podcasts I, I did, if you want to go back and listen to this, is called The Godfather Turns 50. Talk all about The Godfather. And I can't believe it's been 50 years. But yeah, so The Godfather, The Godfather 2, The Departed, Mean Streets, Goodfellas, Casino, everything, mob movies. So that will be something. And then, you know, that's going to be a subscription service, I think. That's going to be $6.99 a month. But if you don't want that, you can always check out our something cheaper is our Patreon. Yeah, that starts at $3 a month. That's a cup of coffee at Starbucks, people. Or if you don't want to do that, we also have a couple other podcasts to listen to. You've got your weekly roundup, which this week is going to be interesting because I have a couple stories already locked up. Hopefully I didn't ruin one of them from my, uh, from my, my story. <laughs> so please, so Lisa, so everybody, she, so she's going to be coming up with two stories that I have no idea about. Three stories. Excellent. Three stories that I have absolutely no idea about. So we're going to surprise each other about that. And then, so we've got those two, the roundup, and then this one, and then, you know, a lot of stuff. So. And if you, if you, I've decided just now that if you subscribe to our Patreon for $3, I will write you a haiku and say it on air. I'm very good at haikus. So I think that that's Fabulous. pretty cool. That'd be pretty neat. <laughs> we, we, no, absolutely. So we actually have for eight, for seven or $8 a month, you get, well, let's just put it this way. For $20 is the largest one a month. You're going to get a one on one zoom or zoom conversation with both of us for one hour plus you're going to get one podcast 15 dollars a month is going to get you a hat and a mug and shout outs on all the podcasts for a full month there's a ton of stuff out there guys so okay so until next week i'm david Steele. i'm elisa ivers and you have been listening to real talks <laughs>